Welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Damien. And I'm Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. That's right. We want Interdependent Study to be a space where we're always learning with each other and one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my friend, you're up this week. What have you brought to the table yeah. today? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm bringing an, an opinion piece uh, that was published in the New York Times called School is for Making Citizens. It was written by Heather McGee, author of The Some of Us, yes. What Racism Costs Everyone and How We Can Prosper Together. And Victor Ray, who is the author of On Critical Race Theory, Why It Matters and Why You Should Care. Good folks. Um, yeah. So this wasn't a very long piece, yep. um, but it covered, I think, quite a lot of ground um, in its brevity uh, and made some really good uh, and important points about the role of education and why it is inherently um, a political thing uh, and how that political process is being manipulated yeah. for a specific end goal. Um by folks who basically want to destroy the whole system. Right. Uh, so, Man. yeah, there, I mean, there's quite a bit to talk about. Um, I think both it is in the essay and then some other things that I think that we um, might know about education outside of um, what they talk about or being able to extrapolate some things from from what they talked about. Um, but, yeah, where do you want to start? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I like the word brevity. I haven't mm. heard mm-hmm. anyone use that in a minute, so thank you yeah. for that. Let's... I don't even know if that's a GRE word, but, you know, it's ah. a... Yeah. Think of it as your standardized test word of the day. I like it. Uh, Well, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also thank you for finding this piece. I think this was um, a really great piece and I appreciate both of the authors so much for for writing it. And um, I think it was I thought it was really thoughtful and and, and direct. Right. You talked about the brevity of it. It was direct and 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 thorough um, in both in terms of outlining and and analyzing, I think, the situation we're in with public Mm -hmm. education in this country. Um, And also, I think, in terms of highlighting why it's so important that we remember and get back to the place we were as it relates to uh, this idea of the purpose of public education, right? right? Um, And I think that's the the thing, right? And so Mm -hmm. to that point, um, I was really struck by the opening paragraph of the piece. And I think, because I think it summed it up this point up really well. And, and you shared this actually last week when you introduced this piece. So I'm just going to read it again. Heather McGee and Victor Ray said this, why do we have public schools to make young people into educated, productive adults, of course, but public schools are also for making Americans. Thus public education requires lessons about history, the American spirit and its civics, and also contact with and context about other Americans who we are and what has made us. Right. And so and I think it's those those pieces about public education being about making Americans uh, and, and sort of the importance of knowing and understanding American civics and American history. That's just so spot on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're sending our children to schools here in this country to learn things about <laughs> these things. Right. And so I think it's really why we can't continue to allow these attacks on education to continue and to win. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Actually, I heard um, Kimberly Crenshaw mm. on the radio this morning. Nice. Um, and hadn't thought about um, 
hadn't thought about this till now when you said that. Um, but she said something. There was a question about critical race theory and, okay. and the attacks on it. Um, and she said something like, you know, what's that old saying that a lie gets around the world three times before the truth gets its boots on? Yes. Um, wow. And compared that to sort of that was her response to a question about who is um, like where the narrative, where the power of the narrative is right now. Yes. Um, and that's mostly with uh, people on the right and, and slowly, um, you know, people are starting to stand up to that. Yep. Um, but part of that is, are these attacks on education? That Absolutely. Or it's all grounded in this um, idea of actually destroying the system yes. um, or the parts of the system that you don't like. Right. Like it's creating the, Places like New Orleans that don't actually have public schools anymore. They got charter schools. Absolutely. Um, That's such a... And privatizing thing, right? Like this, there's, there's all of this is... There's bigger uh, driving forces, uh, bigger purposes at play than just delegitimizing education. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that's such just a powerful metaphor to think about a lie traveling faster than mm -hmm. the truth. And, you know, it's because I think inherently in that is this idea that a lie is powerful, right? Despite yeah. it being a lie, despite it sometimes being ugly and just viciously wrong, right? And the damage that it does, it is just super powerful, right? In mm -hmm. that sense. And so um, I really like that metaphor. Yeah. Well, and people don't, um, people don't want to engage with, the lie to begin with. Right. And so it, it's gained steam in that way. Yes. You have to confront it head on and people don't, you don't want to do that until you know that it's a problem. And by the time you know it's a problem, it's, it's already made its late. way around the world three it's times. It's too so, late. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but so one of the key points of this article um, is that they point out we've collectively had a fight like this before. Yes. Um, um, yeah. Say more about that. And, um, you know, freedom schools were, mm -hmm what was created in response to that fight or as, as a part of that. Um, and it was created in reaction to minimizing and misleading stories, lies about the history of the U.S. Um, so the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC, mm -hmm. uh, led a lot of that effort in Mississippi. Yes. Uh, and the article says, quote, this multiracial group of volunteers made plain the distance between American reality and its ideals. Mm -hmm. So that curriculum encouraged young people to change the state um, literally in Mississippi because those freedom school students went on to lead voter drives. They organized quote civil rights protests, uh, and by charting a more equitable future in terms of housing, jobs, and healthcare, they earned advanced degrees and they were elected to office. Right. Um, so that the outcomes from these freedom schools were transformational yes. in terms of what happened, um, based on those students learning about the distance between the stated goals, the stated freedoms, and the realities of, of America in that time. Um, so we have these models for education that are actually transformational. Absolutely. Uh, we know that laying bare that truth, laying bare the reality of the U.S. and highlighting those stark differences um, leads to something. It leads us to change. It leads us to transformation. Um, and I think that's, what, that's why these attacks exist is because there's power in the actual transformational education occurring, and that scares the shit out of the right. I was wondering if you were going to curse. I, I was, was hoping I was, you did. Yeah, I, was I was like, like it's, it's scares everything it scares in them. you vibes to say it. Yes, so yes. It's it's um it's terrifying to them, and they don't want it to happen. Absolutely. Well, I I appreciate you bringing that up because that stuck out to me too. Like one of the other one of the parts of this 
piece that I appreciated so much was uh, was what you just mentioned, but also this idea of like these references to the power of education and what that has done mm-hmm. in certain really and truly pivotal moments throughout our history, right? right. Yeah, um, yeah. And even with, and it, I think the piece takes it a step further to talk about what it's doing currently in our present day. Mm-hmm. Um, and to take it even a step further, what I mean by this is what it's done with white students, yep. right? And so the ways in which white students have shown up and showed out um, in response to what they uh, are learning about in school, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just talked about the Freedom Summer, right? And like the Freedom Rides. Like one of the one of the examples was that, right? These hundreds of white students traveling by bus to the South to help get black people registered, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because they knew that that was important and they saw the they learned about and saw the sort of atrocities that were occurring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and couldn't stand that anymore, right? And, you know, the other piece of that to sort of connect it to present day was this, you know, Heather and, and Victor referencing the story of a white teenager speaking out at a school board meeting in Nevada yeah. um, against school censorship, right? Just earlier this year, mm-hmm. back in February, I think, yep. right? And so, you know, I think these examples that they provide and they share are just really great examples of the capacity of all of our students to learn about history. Right. And, and I think that's a key point, right. Especially when we're talking about, you brought up Kimberly Crenshaw, you, you th- we talked about this idea of the attacks on cr- quote unquote critical race theory, right? Like the capacity of all of our students to actually learn about and be okay learning about history, right? Uh, to be able to sort of learn about the conditions that existed in our history and exist in our society currently, right? For for their peers, for other human beings, right? right? And then to sort of make sense of that. Right. And mm-hmm. and how that sort of impedes progress. Right. Um, and so I, I thought that was just so great to see and a, a great sort of um, example or examples of, of this at play. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I really I liked that moment, too, um, in, in terms of them naming like look at the look at the way that this education transforms everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't just about um, the educational gains in um, a particular set of people like it it impacts everybody and therefore impacts all of us absolutely Um, so another piece of this i want to bring into the conversation is this idea about heroes oh okay because our traditional educational models have really limited the opportunities to learn about people who have done heroic things yes we learn about the framers or some other white male politicians. Um, we might throw in some notable or remarkable people um, who uh, are, are held up as great people, um, but we don't, uh, we ignore wide swaths of people who have done so much to shape our world. Um, and the authors point this out by saying, quote, honest education isn't all bad news. Yes. In fact, the deeper that you go into our history, the more you can find new heroes to celebrate. As Freedom School participants learned by looking at the people who taught them, there is a tradition of American heroism by people of all races that is as real as the tradition of oppression and injustice. We can't understand one without the other. There it is. Teaching age-appropriate but full history today allows white students to ask themselves, do I want to be like the hundreds of protesters in the black-and-white photograph yelling at Ruby Bridges, a six-year-old black girl, as she tried to integrate a public school? Or do I want to be like the hundreds of white students who boarded buses for the South to register black voters during Freedom Summer? Yes. I think those are important 
points to make is that a real education gives us this broader understanding of, of who has made this society what it is today. Absolutely. And to find room for you to be who you want to be and have that, you know, live out to be your values. Because if all you learn about is Thomas Jefferson, and then you learn that he wrote the Declaration of Independence while being waited on by his enslaved half-brother, you start to unpack. And then that really just tears at the fabric of your understanding of this country yes. and then that if you don't have a complicated understanding of how it all works then you potentially like you know end up in this kind of crisis state where you're like none of this may- means anything versus when you like can have a real understanding of history you can see all of it warts and all absolutely and yeah, warts and recognize all. the warts while also recognizing the the things that aren't words. Absolutely. No. Roses and thorns, right? Like you see the the good things, but you also can understand and see all of the things that are awful underneath the surface. Right. I liken it to this idea of, you know, we all grow up watching TV shows and grow up watching movies, right? And you can, we can wrap our heads around the idea of like characters in these, Mm -hmm. in these, in these pieces uh, having complicated stories, right? Being complicated human beings, right? And so if we can see that and understand that and learn that um, and watch that in the things that we consume on our television and in our, in, our, in our movie theaters, you know, we should be able to talk about it in school too. And we should be able to recognize that these real people, these real actors throughout our history also were complicated people. That right. man helped to write the Declaration of Independence and... And this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Absolutely. So I, I I also appreciated that idea of them talking about heroes and sort of learning about all, all sides. I think, you know, for me, it's just really fascinating to think about the power of public education and and in particular this idea and the role that teaching race and gender and history play out in sort of like securing the foundation of our society. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, and the reality is that our children contribute to that foundation, right? Through their learning and through just growing up in this society, right? And so um, the point of public education is, as Heather and Victor point out in this piece is to equip children, and this is to your point too, to equip children with the tools needed to succeed in our society, right? Um, And to take it a step further and to be even more explicit about this, right? they, they say this, right, like our, that our society is this multiracial democracy, right? And mm-hmm. so I, I can't help but think, what does it look like and what does it mean to properly equip our students with the education and the tools necessary to succeed in society and in this multiracial democracy, right? Mm-hmm. In, this, in this world that looks more and more like the diverse students that make up our schools, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. day in and day out, that cross the doors of our schools day in and day out, right? In this world that is full of so many problems and challenges that need smart and compassionate solutions, right? I just think that there are so many lessons, too many lessons, in fact, that could be learned from the teaching of history. Um, and as you say, to learning about our heroes and, and, and everything, right, that can help equip our students in the ways in which um, they need to be able to succeed that we just can't go without, you know? Yeah. There's something I saw today that was um, the story of a um, framer from Virginia okay. who inherited um, enslaved people from his grandfather 
and then over the course of uh, his adult life, freed them all. Yes. And that was his narrative. And he was present at these conversations with Jefferson and mm-hmm. Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know his name. And unfortunately, uh, I didn't retain his name from mm. reading that online just a couple hours ago. Uh, but yeah, that, that's how he spent his adult life indirect opposition to his peers yes um who he was uh participating in forming a government with yeah um and he did so because it he he freed people from uh enslavement because it was in direct opposition to the ideals of freedom how about it how about Um, it he learned about that and and reckoned with it and Mm -hmm. did something about it yeah, and we don't know his name, and I, <laughs> it's very ironic. I don't remember his name. Yes, uh, but uh, he did that. He he did that, and we don't know. Man. We don't know him. Um, and so, how powerful would it be also to then see like there were people also they they weren't all just people of their time. People also recognized that things were wrong and were doing things um, to counteract that. Um, the norms of the time, right? Because they, they knew that they weren't right. Yes, I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move. Let's talk about application. How does this article? How do these ideas apply to our everyday lives? Yeah. Uh, public education's uh, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you know, this is all directly applicable. I think in a lot of ways. Yes. Uh, I think it's it, public education is a crucial crucial aspect of having a functioning society. Yes. Um. It's a way that we take care of one another. It's it's crucial that we consider how these attacks on public education are, as I said earlier, a, a deliberate effort to diminish the trust we have in education and then also further drive money and investment in education out of education. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a path to so-called school choice, which mm. then in some areas allows for public funding for religious education um, or maybe uh, education that is purposefully exclusive of whoever it is that they don't like. Um, Right. It shifts public dollars to privately held charter schools who are not accountable to the public in the same way that public schools are. Yes. Um, So these attacks are vitally important for it to be fought back against we have to fight back against them because we need a public education system yes um and you know in opposition to what they want we need more um of a public education system we need to invest more in it yes um we have to recognize the ways that segregation is still driving where dollars go for education and it always will if we continue to fund education through property tax dollars mm-hmm. which is based on home values which we know from the history of this country is based on like racist ideas yeah redlining still has an impact on how much your property is worth to this that day to this day from yeah. many many years ago mm-hmm. um as well as uh you know the color of your skin potentially dictates the um assessed value of your property yes um, and there are many examples of that happening in the news in the last few years. Yeah. Um, and so, but we can't, we can't do any of those things. We can't undo those things to make education more equitable, more just if no one trusts education anymore. How about it? So we have to push back to create space for these things to be stronger, to be better, to be 
transformational. Yes, right. And to carry out their purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I completely agree. I, you know, there's there's nothing about this that isn't application, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because in it, you pointed out, right? Public education is just this crucial piece and part of this functional society that we have right yeah. and so you know our public educational system and its purpose and and what is currently being done to attack the purpose and value of education in in places all across this country is just something we can't have right mm-hmm. um, and so I think for me one of the pieces of application from this piece that I want to draw attention to especially as it relates to this idea of these attacks that are being carried out and the limits that are being put on public education is 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 this. And it's a quote from Heather and Victor in this article. They said, quote, every student deserves the kind of myth shattering and empowering education that the freedom schools provided. Mm. Such education doesn't shy away from America's ugly truths and contradictions. Stories of racial progress should be coupled with data and abiding on abiding racial inequalities in employment, life expectancy and incarceration. Discussions of figures such as George Washington and Thomas Jefferson should include the contradiction between their hypothetical opposition to slavery and the fact that they both enslaved people. As you said, you quoted this, honest education isn't all bad news. In fact, the deeper you go in our into our history, the more you can find new heroes to celebrate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Did you see this part? As Freedom School participants learned by looking at the people who taught them, there is a tradition of American heroism, right, by people of all races that is a that is as real as the tradition of oppression and injustice. We can't understand one without the other, right? And so mm-hmm. that quote is just so good, right? And it just speaks to the purpose of our public education system and the application of all of this to me. And so um, I think that is 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 key. Um, and I would offer it as sort of a central argument to folks on the other side of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't have one without the other, right? There is. Uh, there is a good way to teach this history and to provide an honest education to our students. Right. And we just can't shy away from that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, discomfort isn't all bad. Right. If you can um, deal with your discomfort, you're you're potentially going to learn something uh, as well. So that's, that's an important part of this too, that feels like a, at least one of the stated driving goals is that, this makes my kids uncomfortable. It's like, <sighs> I, yeah, yes, and it should. Right, they should be uncomfortable with blind patriotism of a country that has done all of these awful things. Yes, that's okay to that's be uncomfortable. Really with that. good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here we are. Uh, um, so, all right, let's talk about homework. What do we want to do to continue to learn about this beyond our conversation today? All right. Um, so I want to read Victor Ray's book, yeah. um, which I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation. It's called On Critical Race Theory, Why It Matters and Why You Should Care. Um, it was published just last month. Yes. Um, and I almost bought it the other day, actually, because oh, yeah? I saw it in a bookstore <laughs> that I was in. Yeah. Uh, and I said, oh, I just read an article uh, co-written by that person, uh, and there's his book. So um, to quote from the description on Penguin Random House's webpage for the book, Ray draws upon the radical thinking of giants such as Ida B. Wells, W.E.B. Du Bois, and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to clearly trace the foundations of critical race theory in the black intellectual traditions of emancipation and the civil rights movement. Wow. So if that doesn't sound like a great uh, book to read, I don't know what does. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm add that add that to the list. And can I tell you that I'm a little upset with you? Well, yeah. 
Sure. I don't know why you just didn't buy the book. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm on a budget. Hey, I things, hear you. Are, I hear yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so, it's still Obviously. in hardback. Like, there's, oh, you know, wow. Yeah, okay. So All right. It's we, brand new, right? Like, we got some time. Yeah. We got some time. We already, we also have quite a lengthy mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. read list, huh? Uh, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Victor Ray. I didn't buy your book, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, but trust on us, a budget. Yeah, it's, and it's on we'll, the list. We'll get it. We will absolutely get it. Um, well, speaking of having a far too long to read list, I think I'm going to add another. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think one of the things that I love about us doing this podcast and these things that we find is that all of these things have these links in them, right? And mm-hmm. so links to just additional histories and resources and ways to continue our learning. And so there's lots of really amazing um ways to continue our learning in this piece. So if you check this out, definitely click on all those links. One of the links that um, I want to explore for homework is Gavin Wright's t- t- uh, 2018 book called Sharing the Prize, um, because I actually don't think I'd heard about it before reading this piece. So yeah. um, so it seems like it'd be a really great book to to check out. It's all about, I didn't pull the the, the description as you did so wonderfully, uh, but it's all about the, the civil rights movement um, and how it was also a struggle for economic justice, right? Yeah. And and the strides that black folks made in the 60s and the 70s in terms of their economic status and their educational status and, and in healthcare, right? Despite all those odds, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'd love to add that one to our list as well. Yeah, sounds great. All right. Um, definitely. So well, Damien, you're up next time. Uh, so what do you bring to the table in our next episode? Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to bring a new-ish online digital resource to the table for yep. us. Um, and, you know, I guess we'll see what happens here. We haven't really talked about this too much, but we might talk about this whole thing next week. Um, or we might split it up into two episodes. Um, I'm excited to see what happens uh, and hope we hope you are too. Uh, so this resource is a website called Beyond Criminal Courts. Divest and Defund. Let me say that one more time. Beyond Criminal Courts, Divest and Defund. Uh, And it's a collaborative project uh, by three organizations, Community Justice Exchange, Interrupting Criminalization, and Critical Resistance, who who are obviously all just really incredible organizations, right? Mm. So um, it's it's a really huge website with lots of resources and lots of pieces to it. Um, it's It's a space and platform for folks to learn about and engage with and to do some organizing around various topics related to the criminal punishment system, but I also think specifically and explicitly uh, criminal courts in yeah. this country, right? And so how do we learn about, um, there's a lot in there about criminal courts and the process in which uh, folks move through the criminal courts in this country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but more broadly than that, it's also about policing and criminalization and punishment and uh, the entire criminal punishment system as well, right? And so I think the, this resource is really focused on getting folks to engage with the idea and the work necessary to, uh, as the, the title suggests, divest and defund and really abolish criminal courts and, and the prison industrial complex. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to dig into this website more, to click through and, and take it all in and to, to see where it takes us next week. Yeah. And I, we've, We've clicked around on it a little bit, and it really is. Um, there's a variety of kinds of media too. Yes. There are some illustrated cartoons that yeah. sort of depict uh, processes. Uh, there are, uh, I believe, there's some video. Yeah. There's there's a variety of ways that they deliver 
uh, content. the content of, of learning about uh, criminal courts. Um, so it's really, it really looks like a, a great resource and, and cool project. So I'm excited to talk about that and get into that uh, next week. Yes, sir. All right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what I'm going to ask you to do, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating, a review, share our podcast with the people in your life, follow us on social media, sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we have going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.